That began a period in my life when I hated everything. I hated Dad for leaving Mom and hated Eli for leaving us. I hated Mom for being broken and Worm for being called a retard. I started to take long walks and invented excuses when Worm begged me to let him come along. I didn't want to admit that I just needed to be alone, so I found ways of blaming him for Eli leaving, telling that if he'd just been normal, maybe Eli wouldn't have had to go. I know it was cruel and a lie, and I'd like to believe that Worm knew that too, but I always left before he could object. About a half mile from our house lived a farmer and his wife. They had two white Labradors that they kept penned behind their house. On one of my walks, the farmer asked me if I wanted a puppy. I shook my head and charged down the road. Eventually, after the farmer and his wife left to go to town, I came back to see the puppies. There were three of them in the litter. They had drowsy eyes, oversized heads, and little pink stomachs. The mommy and daddy dog didn't seem to mind me touching them, so I took turns putting them on my lap and petting them. Each day when the farmer went to town, I'd return to pet the puppies. It gave me time to forget about Eli abandoning us, and dad, and mom and worm. I like watching the dog family frolic together. I like seeing a family interact the way I felt families should. As I continued to return to pet the puppies, I watched them open their eyes and become more courageous. They tottered on shaky legs and slowly pushed their way across the dusty pen. One of the puppies, I noticed, lay there with his eyes closed. As the other puppies got older and stronger, they ventured to the food and water bowl on their own. The rump would quietly yelp his hunger, and the mom dutifully carried it over to the food bowl in her mouth. This ritual saddened me, and I immediately knew I wanted to take him home with me. As I waited for the farmer and his wife to come back from town, my mind drifted to an argument I had in class earlier that week. Since Eli left, I found myself growing increasingly belligerent. The teacher had drawn a large ampersand on the chalkboard and was discussing the proper syntax for using it in a sentence. She called me and Worm to the front and gave us each a piece of chalk, pleased with herself for an exemplary method of illustrating the day's lesson. Tell us what you would normally do together, she said, using an ampersand. Worm just stood there red-faced and petrified. I turned toward the chalkboard and began to write in my best penmanship. Worm and me walk home from school. Wrong, she said. Try again. Worm and me walk. Wrong, she said. Try again. The trick is to take William out of the sentence. That way you'll know if it sounds right. But try as I might, I just stood there with the chalk pressed against the board, lost. I felt the eyes of the other kids behind me and the teacher rhythmically tapping her shoe. I tried to focus on what she said, but I couldn't understand. Take him out. How? If I take him out, it'll sound more wrong than right. The sweat from my fingers made the chalk pasty, so I firmed my grip and tried to focus again. Worm, I wrote. The kids behind me tittered with laughter, and I remembered the toothless boy on the playground that called my brother a retard. I gritted my teeth, ready to consign them, the teacher, and the whole goddamn school to hell. On my left, I heard Worm's careful and deliberate chalk strokes on the board. My brother and I are twins. In front of the class stand my brother and me. The teacher stared at the second sentence befuddled on the accuracy of its syntax. She consulted the MLA guidebook for confirmation before lauding Worm on his excellent skill and cursive. And then, for good measure, Worm added, My brother and I are best friends.
When I came back to the farmer's pen, my blind little puppy was gone. The farmer explained to me that its parents had eaten him and that it was a natural thing to do. He told me a survival of the fittest and how, in the olden days, the runt could be responsible for the whole family getting trapped or killed. He told me it was humane. I cried for most of my walk home, but found myself standing on her doorstep, trembling with rage. I charged through the house to find Worm sitting on the foot of his bed, writing in a journal. I marched up to him with my fists in the air, seething. I've never laid a hand on Worm. Unlike any other siblings that I've met in my 21 years, I'm the only one that can claim that he's never once fought with his brother. That day was the closest I ever came to punching him, and I still don't know the reason for my fury. His face registered genuine terror, and as I leaned in, I watched his lips quiver and peel open slowly. I slowly articulated the first thing that came to my mind, punctuating each word with periods and pregnant pauses. And even before the words came out of my mouth, I regretted saying them. You and I are not best friends, I said. We are only twins. I saw Worm's eyes widen, fill with tears, and he gently put his head down. I could smell the shampoo in his hair inches from my nose and watched his fingers curl around the elaborate crumpled pages of the journal. But Worm didn't try to leave. He sought no refuge from my hovering fists. He just sat there, looking down, and accepted my angry, hurtful lie. I stopped going for walks that day, but continued to keep my distance from Worm and Mom. It was around that time that he stopped speaking in our secret language, and even tapered off looking me in the eyes. With one stroke, he'd severed the magical umbilical cord between us, metaphorically eviscerated his vocal cords, and ripped the line from the wall. He willfully and consciously made the decision that it was better to become a mute than to ask me to repeal my words. I suppose I should have punched him that day instead of saying what I said. I think he would have preferred it, but it was too late, and for some reason I knew I couldn't take it back.